Section 16 of Selected Interviews with Robert G. Ingersoll, Volume 2. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Interviewer's Questions, read by Michelle Fry, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Ingersoll's Responses, read by Edward Kirkby, Warwick, England. Interview Title, Protection and Free Trade, published in the New York Press, May 27, 1888 first question do you take much interest in politics colonel ingersoll i take as much interest in politics as a republican ought who expects nothing and who wants nothing for himself i want to see this country again controlled by the republican party the present administration has not in my judgment the training and the political intelligence to decide upon the great economic and financial questions there are a great many politicians and but few statesmen. Here, where men have to be elected every two or six years, there is hardly time for the officials to study statesmanship. They are busy laying pipes and fixing fences for the next election. Each one feels much like a monkey at a fair, on the top of a greased pole, and puts in the most of his time dodging stones and keeping from falling. I want to see the party in power best qualified, best equipped to administer the government. What do you think will be the particular issue of the coming campaign? That question has already been answered. The great question will be the tariff. Mr. Cleveland imagines that the surplus can be gotten rid of by a reduction of the tariff. If the reduction is so great as to increase the demand for foreign articles, the probability is that the surplus will be increased. The surplus can surely be done away with by either of two methods. First, make the tariff prohibitory. Second, have no tariff. But if the tariff is just at the point where the foreign goods could pay it and yet undersell the American so as to stop home manufacturers, then the surplus would increase. As a rule, we can depend on American competition to keep prices at a reasonable rate. When that fails, we have at all times the governing power in our hands, that is to say we can reduce the tariff. In other words, the tariff is not for the benefit of the manufacturer. The protection is not for the mechanic or the capitalist it is for the whole country i do not believe in protecting silk simply to help the town of patterson but i am for the protection of the manufacture because in my judgment it helps the entire country and because i know that it has given us a far better article of silk at a far lower price than we obtained before the establishment of those factories I believe in the protection of every industry that needs it, to the end that we may make use of every kind of brain and find use for all human capacities. In this way, we will produce greater and better people. A nation of agriculturalists or a nation of mechanics would become narrow and small, but where everything is done, then the brain is cultivated on every side from artisan to artist that is to say we become thinkers as well as workers muscle and mind form a partnership i don't believe that england is particularly interested in the welfare of the united states 
it never seemed probable to me that men like godwin smith sat up nights fearing that we in some way might injure ourselves to use a phrase that will be understood by theologians at least we ought to copper all english advice the free traders say that there ought to be no obstructions placed by governments between buyers and sellers if we want to make the trade of course there should be no obstruction but if we prefer that americans should trade with americans that americans should make what americans want then so far as trading with foreigners is concerned there ought to be an obstruction i am satisfied that the united states could get along if the rest of the world should be submerged and i want to see this country in such a condition that it can be independent of the rest of mankind there is more mechanical genius in the united states than in the rest of the world and this genius has been fostered and developed by protection the democracy wish to throw all this away to make useless this skill this ingenuity born of generations of application and thought these deft and marvellous hands that create the countless things of use and beauty to be worth no more than the common hands of ignorant delvers and shovellers to the extent that thought is mingled with labour labour becomes honourable and its burden lighter thousands of millions of dollars have been invested on the faith of this policy millions and millions of people are this day earning their bread by reason of protection and they are better housed and better fed and better clothed than any other workman on the globe the intelligent people of this country will not be satisfied with president cleveland's platform with his free trade primer they believe in good wages for good work and they know that this is the richest nation in the world the republic is worth at least sixty billion dollars this vast sum is the result of labour and this labour has been protected either directly or indirectly this vast sum has been made by the farmer the mechanic the labourer the miner the inventor protection has given work and wages to the mechanic and a market to the farmer the interests of all labourers in america all men who work are identical if the farmer pays more for his plough he gets more for his ploughing in old times when the south manufactured nothing and raised only raw material for the reason that its labour was enslaved and could not be trusted with education enough to become skilful it was in favour of free trade it wanted to sell the raw material to england and buy the manufactured article where it could buy the cheapest even under these circumstances it was a short-sighted and unpatriotic policy now everything is changing in the south they are beginning to see that he who simply raises raw material is destined to be forever poor for instance the farmer who sells corn will never get rich the farmer should sell pork and beef and horses so a nation a state that parts with its raw material loses nearly all the profits for the reason that the profit rises with the skill requisite to produce it requires only brute strength to raise cotton it requires something more to spin it to weave it 
and the more beautiful the fabric the greater the skill and consequently the higher the wages and the greater the profit in other words the more thought is mingled with labour the more valuable is the result besides all this protection is the mother of economy the cheapest at last no matter whether the amount paid is less or more it is far better for us to make glass than to sell sand to other countries the profit on sand will be exceedingly small the interests of this country are united they depend upon each other you destroy one and the effect upon all the rest may be disastrous suppose we had free trade to-day what would become of the manufacturing interests to-morrow the value of property would fall thousands of millions of dollars in an instant the fires would die out in thousands and thousands of furnaces innumerable engines would stop thousands and thousands would stop digging coal and iron and steel what would the city that had been built up by the factories be worth what would be the effect on farms in that neighbourhood what would be the effect on railroads on freights on business what upon the town through which they passed stop making iron in pennsylvania and the state would be bankrupt in an hour give us free trade and new jersey connecticut and many other states would not be worth one dollar an acre if a man will think of the connection between all industries of the dependence and interdependence of each on all of the subtle relations between all human pursuits he will see that to destroy some of the grand interest makes financial ruin and desolation i'm not talking now about a tariff that is too high because that tariff does not produce a surplus neither am i asking to have that protected which needs no protection i'm only insisting that all the industries that have been fostered and that need protection should be protected and that we should turn our attention to the interests of our own country letting other nations take care of themselves if every american would use only articles produced by americans if they would wear only american cloth only american silk if we would absolutely stand by each other the prosperity of this nation would be the marvel of human history we can live at home and we have now the ingenuity the intelligence the industry to raise from nature everything that a nation needs what have you to say about the claim that mr cleveland does not propose free trade i suppose that he means what he said his argument was all for free trade and he endeavoured to show to the farmer that he lost altogether more money by protection because he paid a higher price for manufactured articles and received no more for what he had to sell this certainly was an argument in favour of free trade and there is no way to decrease the surplus except to prohibit the importation of foreign articles which certainly mr cleveland is not in favour of doing or to reduce the tariff to a point so low that no matter how much may be imported the surplus will be reduced if the message means anything it means free trade and if there is any argument in it it is an argument in favour of absolutely free trade the party not willing to say free trade uses the word reform 
this is simply a mask and a pretense the party knows that the president made a mistake the party however is so situated that it cannot get rid of cleveland and consequently must take him with his mistake they must take him with his message and then show that all he intended by free trade was reform who do you think ought to be nominated at chicago personally i am for general gresham i am saying nothing against the other prominent candidates they have their friends and many of them are men of character and capacity and would make good presidents but i know of no man who has a better record than gresham and of no man who in my judgment would receive a larger number of votes i know of no republican who would not support judge gresham i have never heard one say that he had anything against him or know of any reason why he should not be voted for he is a man of great natural capacity he is candid and unselfish he has for many years been engaged in the examination and decision of important questions of good principles and consequently he has a trained mind he knows how to take hold of a question to get at a fact to discover in a multitude of complications the real principle the heart of the case he has always been a man of affairs he is not simply a judge that is to say a legal pair of scales he knows the effect of his decision on the welfare of communities he is not governed entirely by precedents he has opinions of his own in the next place he is a man of integrity in all the relations of life he is not a seeker after place and so far as i know he has done nothing for the purpose of inducing any human being to favour his nomination i have never spoken to him on the subject in the west he has developed great strength in fact his popularity has astonished even his best friends the great mass of people want a perfectly reliable man one who will be governed by his best judgment and by a desire to do the fair and honourable thing it has been stated that the great corporations might not support him with much warmth for the reason that he has failed to decide certain cases in their favour i believe that he has decided the law as he believed it to be and that he has never been influenced in the slightest degree by the character position or the wealth of the parties before him it may be that some of the great financiers the manipulators the creators of bonds and stocks the blowers of financial bubbles will not support him and will not contribute any money for the payment of election expenses because they are perfectly satisfied that they could not make any arrangements with him to get the money back together with interest thereon but the people of this country are intelligent enough to know what that means and they will be patriotic enough to see to it that no man needs to bow or bend or cringe to the rich to attain the highest place the possibility is that mr blaine could have been nominated had he not withdrawn but having withdrawn of course the party is released others were induced to become candidates and under these circumstances mr blaine has hardly the right to change his mind and certainly other persons ought not to change it for him
do you think that the friends of gresham would support blaine if he should be nominated undoubtedly they would if they go into convention they must abide the decision it would be dishonourable to do that which you would denounce in others whoever is nominated ought to receive the support of all good republicans no party can exist that will not be bound by its own decision when the platform is made then is the time to approve or reject the conscience of the individual cannot be bound by the action of party church or state but when you ask a convention to nominate your candidate you really agree to stand by the choice of the convention principles are of more importance than candidates as a rule men who refuse to support the nominee while pretending to believe in the platform are giving an excuse for going over to the enemy it is a pretense to cover the desertion i hope that whoever may be nominated at chicago will receive the cordial support of the entire party of every man who believes in republican principles who believes in good wages for good work and has confidence in the old firms of mind and muscle of head and hand this ends our interview protection and free trade